The reason hot dogs come in packages of 10, but hot dog buns come in packages of just eight is because of harmless phosphorescence. Hello, everyone. This is Throw Smiley, and this podcast is homemade for my own urine. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and lucky for you, this little bit of crumpets come begging for some of my fantastic love. I'm Brian Lesh, but you can call me Truck. It means love in Cantonese. (laughs) I'm Alaric Weber, and I have fulfilled the three noble prophecies. (laughs) He has. I saw him. Uh, He got a a certificate and everything. From DeVry? Yeah, <laughs> he had to the print, time to enroll. He had to print now. it out himself because he did the prophecies over Zoom, but it still counts. <laughs> <laughs> this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you about it. Uh, the show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. And if you would like to be a patron too, it's real easy. Patreon.com slash Harmless Entertainment, $1. Just just go, it's a dollar. We just uh, put up a split second uh, as our monthly movie, which is a movie no one's ever heard of, but it was fun, <laughs> fun, fun. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> our executive producer, Michael Beckwith, listened to it, and he was like, you guys got real dark at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Neither did I. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there's a monthly movie every month that goes up there where there's a t- huge backlog of old shows, Star Wars episodes, and music ones. So uh, check it out. Patreon.com slash Harmless Entertainment. This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Bulletproof Monk. He has no name. And he protects an ancient secret. The scroll must never fall into the wrong hands. Now he has come to the strangest place on earth. This is America. We don't have enlightenment here. We have strip clubs, Las Vegas, and HBO. Got it? No. Fulfill the prophecy. You must learn the unity of opposites. Be mobile and stationary. I have no idea what you just said. He must find the one to take his place. What the hell are you looking at? You're just so damn beautiful. The one entrusted with the power must do anything to protect it. All you have to do is believe. Believe what? The laws of gravity don't exist? If you truly believe that they don't, then they don't. Show off. Thank you. This spring. Who the hell are you? You should be asking yourself who you are. One destiny ends. We'll find the squirrel. It's only a matter of time. They're never going to stop until they get me. And another begins. You can't do this alone. I can help. Bulletproof Monk. A little quickness in you, don't you? 
Bulletproof Monk. Um, oof. <laughs> it was released on April 16th, 2003. It was a MGM film. Uh, it has a running time of 104 minutes. It cost $52 million. Jesus. Yeah. How? Did, did anybody else feel like, even though it was 2003, it, it was just grasping onto those 90s formulas mm. of, you know, bad guys and karate experts? And it, the, the we'll Matrix. get there, but the <laughs> Matrix, mean, but then there are a lot of tropes in here we've talked about. Um, I don't know. It just felt like it was a 90s movie, just trying to stay a 90s movie. The city feels kind of like a cleaner johnny mnemonic new york um, yeah. like bad guys that have inexplicable clubhouses and right like you know what, like what was that and goons goons in three-piece suits so running through new york right <laughs> yes culturally diverse yeah. uh henchmen <laughs> Cult- yeah. yes culturally diverse henchmen um so many helicopter attacks so many um yeah it made was there more than one uh oh i guess there was just the one i don't know it felt like so many this movie just felt like a helicopter attack i thought there was one at the end too but no you're right there was just the one in the middle i it just went on for so long i guess they were like we got the helicopter we're gonna use it um it made the 37.7 million dollars so it was a bomb I mean, I'm surprised it made that much of its budget back. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, do you really lose money when you lose money in Hollywood? No, they write it off. Yeah. 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 The uh, and, and that's only the studio. Anyone that made the movie made money already. You know, they got paid oh, for yeah. their job. Chow, so, yeah. Yeah. Chow Yun Fat got, got plenty. Oh, that I hope he the got boom paid, operator man. doesn't get extra <laughs> yeah. if it succeeds or not. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the executives that make that money. So, fuck them. Yeah. Whoever has points on the back end. Oh, that's uh, right. Writers and actors are currently on strike. This is our first episode <laughs> since that happened. Hell yeah. And it's. Uh, and we, we would like to uh, voice our support I, I for maybe, the executives, uh, obviously. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Mean, for them. Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the average writer makes about 68 grand a year. Bob Iger makes 75 grand a day. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Did you guys see Sean Gunn's comments? Yeah. I don't know if I did, no. Oh, man. That's a dude whose brother moved away from Marvel to DC. <laughs> what he was saying about Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. 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 He literally, by name. Yeah. Bob no. Iger makes 4,000 times the amount that a regular writer does. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's shit. a dude who no longer has to be in Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to chill out because Ron DeSantis is standing behind him with an axe. It's like you've got bigger <laughs> fish to fry. Oh, I don't know. Disney has kind of eaten Ron DeSantis's lunch in the whole thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can't take down the mouse. No. Yeah. <laughs> they will, have tried. Yeah, they Especially will in- <laughs> they will yuck you right up the ass. Yeah, or eventually it'll just buy everything that you 
own. It just makes me think of all the times the Simpsons made fun of Disney and now they're Disney. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, all right, guys, are you ready to play the box office top 10 game? For 2003? Hell yeah. Yeah. The week of April 16th, 2003. Okay. Uh, this is a game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week using mostly the box office mojo description, and the fellows here are going to try to guess it. At number 10 this week, based on the very underground comic book of the same name, a Tibetan monk becomes a mentor to a young street punk and tries teaching him how to protect the scroll of ultimate power from a secret Nazi organization bent on world domination. Man, number 10. Weapon. Opens at 10. Yeah. <laughs> The scroll of ultimate power. Of ultimate power. Yeah. Uh, BPM. That's that's not supposed to be the title of the scroll in the movie. That's like their placeholder name for it. How did that make it to the freaking description? In the the movie, it was the scroll of the ultimate. That's just as bad. Yeah. It should be some guy's name. It should be like old Frank's scroll of wisdom or something like that. Or a gem or a sword or yeah not um something written not a note (laughs) written down i don't don't mind the paper so much just the name of it is the worst oh absolutely but that's what i mean like but what do you do you open it and read it you uh but also apparently the scroll itself doesn't hold the power it's the word so you can just write that anywhere right yeah yeah memorize it you memorize it. You can just yeah. memorize it. I have it. so many questions about that when we get to that part. Port, part. It's a port. <gasps> this it's is a port. The, okay. This fucking movie. All right. At, at number nine at the box office, the only way to save Earth from catastrophe is to drill down into its <laughs> gooey center. <laughs> Journey to the center of the Earth? No, no. The other one. No. The Hillary Swank one. Oh, drillers? No. 10,000. Ten carriers? It's the Under core. The, the core. Oh, oh, I do remember that so, one. That one, that movie felt like a like 1991 movie. That's what it, I mean. Yeah, it, it was 2003, but they were, they were still holding on to a lot of those vibes. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was it was modern in the sense that the core of the earth was frozen yogurt. But yeah. uh, <laughs> no, uh, it's healthy till you put all that shit in it. It is. Yeah, exactly. Healthy. It's healthier than ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number number eight this week at the box office. Two death row inmates develop a fierce rivalry while competing for publicity, celebrity, and a sleazy lawyer's attention. This is... It was a... This one This one had some uh, Oscar noms. It was a pretty big deal. It stars Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellweger, Richard Gere, and John C. Riley. What is this movie? It is a... Are Catherine and Renee the... Death Row inmates. Oh, they yes. are. It's Chicago. Chicago. Oh, yeah. And all that jazz. Um, yep. Chicago. Um, 
opening at number seven this week. Two young couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas searching for urban legends of murder end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. Is Chainsaw Massacre? No, no. Oh. This is it's very, oh, very much Rob in- Zombies uh Backwoods. What is that called? House of House Wrong of the, Turn. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. Oh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, that was his first one, I think. That was fun. That was a fun movie when it came that out. That one was good. That one yeah. was all right. I don't it, like Diminishing what, Returns on yeah, all I, of the other I ones. I really hate what he did to Halloween. Oh, oh absolutely. Was, we don't talk about but that. Even the Devil's Rejects. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, that first one, I remember thinking like, all right, maybe this guy can make a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was very much an homage. A gore movie, but the, yeah. It, it, it felt like the 70s kind of sleazy, like dirty, nasty horror but in a way yeah. that was fun and new. I yeah. Think, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at number six this week, when a presidential candidate dies unexpectedly in the middle of the campaign, Alderman Mays Gilliam is unexpectedly picked as his replacement. Head of state. Head of state. Chris Rock and Bernie Chris Rock. Mac. That's right. That's another appreciated movie. Tracy Morgan is selling meat he stole from the grocery store. Well, in in 03, (laughs) the idea of a black president was so weird that it had to be a comedy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, nobody wanted your stolen meat. (laughs) (laughs) What was uh, the Eddie Murphy did one too? Uh, Distinguished gentleman. That's right. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, at number five this week, a man known as Diablo <laughs> emerges to, known as. to head a drug cartel after the previous leader is imprisoned. There, there are only a few jobs a guy named Diablo can land. Diablo yeah. is played by Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, my God. What Triple is X? this? Oh. Um, the tagline is when they took his love they took his life on April 4th he's taking it back oh god I am vengeance uh no one's gonna know this it's called a man apart (laughs) wow I heard of that yeah oof um Vin Diesel made a lot of movies in the early 2000s that we do not remember yeah, and I will never watch. But he's one of my financial heroes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just saying I am Groot over and over and over again <laughs> for the biggest check. Right. Getting paid for it each time. Because uh, Disney also announced recently that um, they won't even need to use extras in the future. Like they'll hire extras, shoot them doing stuff. And then just computer generatedly loop them. That that was that was one wow. of the big things. The uh, reasons that SAG struck is striking yep. because yeah, they they for two hundred dollars they want to use people's likenesses in perpetuity. Right, right. Fucking crazy. And SAG's like, no, don't do that. I mean, they'll just scrape the internet for people's pictures and put all of us in movies instead. Right, uh, they'll find a way. At number four this week at the box office, 
When a lonely guy meets a woman on the internet. <laughs> it's a classic love story. Um, who happens to be in prison. She breaks out to get him to prove her innocence and proceeds to wreak havoc on his middle-class life. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is... You, you've got mail. <laughs> um, Meg I for, Ryan, the ex-con. This, this is one of the craziest pairings of two actors, celebrities, personalities I've ever seen. Since Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Everything he needed to know about his life, she learned in prison. It's uh, starring Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. Oh, shit. I had a feeling it was that Queen Latifah movie. did that movie. We just talked about it. Yeah, Bringing Down the House. Damn. Yeah. Um, Did they do more than one movie together? No, I think it was just that one. Yeah. Wild. Queen Latifah did a lot of movies where she's, like, messing up white people's heads. Like, middle class (laughs) white people's heads. She made this movie called Last Holiday that I really, really liked i watched it by accident but <laughs> yeah i don't know i vaguely remember that one but i don't know if i saw it um at number three this week <laughs> oh my an american teenager learns that her father is a wealthy british politician running for office although she's eager to find him she realizes it could cause a scandal and cost him the election <laughs> this is freaky friday what is this uh nope it stars Amanda Bynes. Oh. It's Oh, this is like a Nickelodeon movie or something. Eh, like first, it might as well be. It's uh named after a Christina Aguilera song. What a girl what? wants. Oh. oh. Yeah, you say it and I hear the song in my head now. Yeah. What a girl means. I couldn't think of a Christina Aguilera song if you asked me on the spot. But you say the words to it. I the great lyricist, Christina I, Aguilera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I was a strip club DJ in the early 2000s, so there's oh, like yeah. five that like I just can instantly bring to mind. <laughs> um, at number two this week, publicist Stuart Shepard finds himself trapped, pinned down by an extortionist sniper rifle, unable to leave his small space. Phone or- booth. <laughs> I was trying to avoid saying <laughs> phone booth. <laughs> once, you, once you had that look on your face, I knew. <laughs> uh, phone booth. Yeah. His uh, small space. I, like, I, was like, how I you, know. How do you describe this movie without saying the title of the movie? Superhero changing room, you know? <laughs> Thing that no longer exists. Yeah, that movie uh, will make no sense in 10 more years. Communication compartment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like um, in about 10 years, we're going to have an entire generation as young adults that have no idea why the save icon is a disc or the phone icon is shaped like that. Right. I, I listened to fucking what was that song by Smash Mouth that was in somebody wants that song with yeah. two uh, friends in their 20s. And I asked them, I was like, so you guys only know this from Shrek, right? And they're like, yeah, of course. I was like, it's so yeah. weird that this has two lives in my brain. I remember it being on TV, mm-hmm. MTV, and being in all kinds of radios, oh, yeah. places and stuff. But then Shrek happened, and this had a whole other life. And it that changed has out- the whole game. 
like yeah smash i just that's one of those things that i think about like gen z i'm like fuck it's so they have such an interesting perspective on things yeah they do yeah i mean there are people that think it was written for the movie and it may as well have been I mean, it, yeah it was built i remember working at zia when that album dropped oh did uh did mystery men happen before shrek yeah it was yes. it was written for the soundtrack it was written for the Mystery Men soundtrack. The Mystery Men I are in the video. The, the God, yeah. huh? It yeah. was on that that first album of theirs. That's whenever an song. album was new, we had to play it. You know, a certain amount of time. Yeah. Um, as as dumb as that song is, listening to it again, I was like, wow, this is a really well written, well produced song. I can't fault it as much as I hate hearing it. Uh, they're anyway. not as terrible as they get credit yeah. for. No, they're not. They're the kind of band that just that that you'd want or expect on a tour, Lollapalooza. Like they're fine in between acts you're waiting to see. Sure, they're Guy, Guy Fieri's you know house I mean? band in his yeah. like bar and grill. <laughs> is what I. <laughs> that guy is totally rock and roll Guy Fieri. <laughs> but that, that and Guy like... Fieri is rock and roll Guy Fieri, so it's tough. <laughs> That Gen Z perspective is so funny because, like, Jude, like, he he's, like, he's buying CDs because he thinks it's cool to have the physical media. But um, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. I know. And, you know, <laughs> CDs are retro. But um, he uh, he got, like a, like, a Styx album from, like, 1999. And he was like, this is great. I love sticks. I was like, no, you don't love that sticks. That's not the sticks you like. Stop. Right. Stop. <laughs> Getting serious dad energy all of a sudden. Just don't well, do like, that. A, at least get a turntable. CDs are the worst fidelity. Yeah, seriously. You like compression? Well, we've got more. Uh, um, opening... At number one for the week of April 16th, 2003, at the box office, Dave Busnick is a businessman who is wrongly sentenced to a program where he meets an aggressive instructor. Anger Anger management? management. Yep. Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler. I don't think I've seen this movie somehow. I think I saw it when it was new. There was a sequel, right? Yeah, there was. I think yeah. they made a sequel. Yeah. Uh, um, eh. That was like the era. Like I feel like it was. Um, it was a. Uh, like uh, on the 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 coattails of like uh, Meet the Parents, where it's like let's have a young comedian with an old established actor, and they're <laughs> they're gonna butt heads. Yeah. Or just that that wacky pairing. Even this movie. You know, yeah. Chow Yun Fat and Sean oh, Williams. This Scott, movie that, is like, so like, much. Let's just get people together. Queen Latifah, Steve Martin, Adam Sandler, Jack Nichols. You know, like they thought that that alone was a recipe. Th- this movie is totally playing off like Rush Hour, Shanghai Nights, like High, high East, Noon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, East meets West. Um, like it absolutely comedy is. martial art bullshit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's it for the box office top. Ten, which brings us to the character and comic book background. It's been a while, but Al, this movie came from a comic book. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. There was actually a precious little information on the Boltproof Monk comic to be found online, but found 
uh, Enough, uh, written by Brett Lewis and R.A. Jones, with art by Mike Oeming. The three-issue miniseries was published in 1998. Um, normally, my go-to is Wikipedia, but from Amazon Books. Wow. Um, <clears throat> after saving a Tibetan village from Nazi scientists, the bulletproof monk disappeared into legend leaving behind a story that has been passed down for generations and a hope for his return. Carr, a young man now living in the U.S., searches for his people's hero while he evades secret agents and tries to find acceptance and love in a local gang. Wait, wait, so Carr, Carr was, like, from Tibet in the book? Uh, at least his family was. Okay. So they, they whitewashed Carr. Yeah, they did. Um, from Publishers Weekly... Uh, according to John Wu, the Bulletproof Monk is a mythical hero in a modern world. Young Kar, a boy of Tibetan descent, resides not only in a modern world, but the world of Asians in America, which lends a unique flavor to an otherwise conventional action hero adventure. Kar's ancestors were long ago saved from Nazi scientists by a, quote, Mongolian cowboy warrior <clears throat> with extraordinary powers. <laughs> According oh, to legend, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, according to legend, this hero, bulletproof monk, dis disappeared once the villagers were safe. But he left behind an amulet now possessed by Carr's family. The Cultural Revolution forced his family to flee to Hong Kong, and Carr's mother sent him away for safety with the amulet and instructions to seek the bulletproof monk. Now grown, Carr lives in San Francisco's Chinatown and works for a local gang with ties to China. When the leader of the gang is killed, Carr is forced to find the bulletproof monk and confront certain truths about himself. That is so much more interesting than this movie. Yeah. Even the amulet, like I said, like an yeah. amulet, that makes that's way more satisfying. Uh, huh. That was a publisher's weekly editorial review. Uh, there was a follow up. Uh, Bulletproof Monk Tales of the BPM. Uh, that came out in 2003. The origin of Bull the Bulletproof Monk finally revealed. This prequel is this prequel to the best-selling comic book series goes back to the beginning. Um, the first story takes place in ancient Tibet in the midst of a Mongolian-Tibetan feud over the rightful holder of the Dalai Lama title. With the slaying of the current Dalai Lama, <laughs> our hero takes on the Mongolian descendants of Genghis Khan in order to restore peace. Okay, comic books are very silly sometimes. I know. Do they? Do you have to fight in the octagon to win the title of Dalai Lama? I wish they did. That would make hold up a giant belt like in wrestling. <laughs> uh, the second story. The bulletproof monk must face down evil Japanese imperialists who are gearing up for world domination while torturing both Chinese and American GIs. And finally, uh, no, I don't do this often, um, but Thoreau, you said how interesting the comic book sounded compared to this. Um, I have a... Uh, reader's review 
It's rare that I see a movie comics adaptation years before reading the source material. In this case, I wish I'd just stuck with the movie. <laughs> this oh. seems to be a case where a couple of comics execs came up with a cool title and a vague concept, then hired a bunch of writers to create a miniseries with the single intention of selling it to Hollywood. The result is a cliche-ridden, predictable tale that lurches from plot point to plot point with no sense of organic growth. Um, da -da 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 -da. Kudos to director John Woo for spotting something in this mess that I would never have seen and building an entertaining movie out of it. <laughs> I need to go pull. I need to go pull the DVD off the shelf and watch it again and get this disappointment out of my mind. That was Gotham AJP. Two stars. Wow. I I would point Oof. out John Woo did not direct this movie. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why they keep saying that. Well, he he produced he it. He produced it. He's yeah. an executive producer on it. I think right. he he's he came up with the idea for it and was like gave uh, it to people and was like go make it. Yeah, a Spielberg style thing. Yeah, which I mean and that is how we get Chow Yun Fat involved, but um right. There's precious but little John Woo's creative sense in this thing. Yeah. Well, Chow Yun Fat is usually Bad ass. I did not like the smirky. I did not like the Jackie Channing of Chow Yun Fat. If if you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, like, absolutely. Jackie Jackie Chan's a funny actor. He's a funny guy. He I don't know if I feel that. I I liked him. it. I liked his like little living Zen Cohen thing, like coming up with the hot dog thing. I was like, oh, okay, this is fun and dumb, but yeah. not not too like cryptic and not too dumb. At the same time, it was a Fair little enough. a little bland, I guess, in that sense that it they was, weren't like making him drunken monk or whatever. But yeah, it was definitely something. Um, he was the bright spot for me. Oh, he movie. was definitely the best part of the movie. <laughs> oh, that's like yeah, the, that, the corn is the best part of the turd. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's it remained corn. Yeah, through the shit. Um, so, all right. Thank you, Al, for the corn talk <laughs> background. Yeah. Remain the corn. Oh, that's the most positive outlook I've ever heard on that saying. I like that, Josh. <laughs> Came out corn on the other side. That's right. <laughs> that's Be nice. like corn. Yeah, there's something bulletproof monkey in there. <laughs> bulletproof monkey actually would have been a better movie. Um, or as the Native Americans call it, maze. <laughs> Um, so the film, the production of the film. Okay. Um, there's not much, right? There isn't much, no. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, John Woo uh, uh, decided or found, saw this and told somebody. <laughs> in Hollywood that they should make it into a movie and they did. Um, he loaned them this idea and Chow Yun-Fat and a bunch of uh, wire harnesses. Yeah. It's like, have fun, make a movie. Yeah, it was uh, Yeah, it was written by uh, Ethan Reif and Cyrus Voris who are a screenwriting team. They wrote such oh boy, they wrote uh, such classics as Brain Smasher, A Love Story. Uh -huh. Tales Sorry. from the Crypt presents Demon Knight, which uh, that one wasn't. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that, yeah. 
Um, they wrote all three Kung Fu Pandas. Oh, I mean, that's a pretty big success, right? Yeah, those did well. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's like their biggest biggest thing. They're not especially prolific. Um, they were hired on to write this. I don't think this was their passion project or anything. Uh, it was directed by Paul Hunter. Paul Hunter's filmography consists of Bulletproof Monk. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> wow. No, he has a lot. He is a uh, a music video director. Uh, this is, is this, would you consider this still that era of like, I ah, made a music video and some commercials. They can make a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, hey, we might we might get like Michelle Gondry out of this, but no, they did not. Yeah. Uh, he some some videos of note that he uh, directed. Uh, he, he worked with a lot of like R and B and hip hop artists. Um, Keith Sweat, Twisted, Snoop Dogg, yeah. Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, Aaliyah's one in a million. Um, oh, I like that video. Actually, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That actually makes sense for a lot of the framing of these shots because they're shot from below mm-hmm. and like up, like that video was. Yeah, yeah. Um, all about the Benjamins. He directed Hypnotize, Biggie. Oh damn! Yeah. Oh damn! Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, ooh, what else? Um, Ice Cube, Janet Jackson. He worked with everybody. It looks like here. Um. Uh, That's dope. But yeah, oh, he did Malibu for Hole. Oh, he did Lenny Kravitz's Fly Away. Wow. Wow. That was a huge video when that came out. Yeah. Back when videos were a huge thing. Yeah. When they premiered. Do you yeah. Oh, man, I remember oh, that. God, like, yeah. Thursday at 8, Michael Jackson's new video, you know, shit like that. That was exciting. Yeah. Wow. He did Wild Will Smith, Wild Wild West video. What? what? That was a huge hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, He did the next episode. So this is a perfect example of that type of like we're gonna take a music video director and make them direct an action film. Oh my god! Yeah. For for style reasons. He did the Oops. Lady Marmalade video with uh, I remember that. Wow. Little Kim Pink and Christina Aguilera. Yeah, from yeah. Moulin Rouge. So yeah. they used the sets and the costume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that movie, but I loved that video. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That song is still an incredible version of that song. He did drop it like it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, he's a he, he's a very successful uh, video director, but this is the only time they let him do a movie, and it it did not work out for him. Um, so uh, it stars, of course, Chow Yun Fat as the monk with no name. Uh, he. Uh, I think he probably came to the West's attention with Hard Boiled. I think that was like yeah, yeah. The the like but wasn't he an old boy? The original? No, old boy. No. But uh, what am I thinking? He, the one where he was like trained to fight for his whole life. Uh, he then uh, like tra- trapped in a box. Oh crap! Uh, anyways, <laughs> of course, it's one of my favorites. I can't remember. Uh. It wasn't once a thief. Um, no. Anyways, I'll let you continue. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was like kind of his big uh, like Western breakout. But of course he was, you know, he worked with John Woo a lot. 
um, did a ton of Hong Kong action films. Gig- like him and him and Jackie Chan probably are like the two biggest '80s and '90s action stars in Hong Kong. Um. So that's you know that's where he comes from. He was a martial artist, a martial arts action star. That's where he comes and he, from. He has that star quality about him. It's it's fun. That's why I, like the thing with watching him, it didn't feel like stilted or awkward. Like he wasn't out of, like a fish out of water at all to me. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. He can absolutely like command the screen. He one hundred percent is 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 a film star, a movie star, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, I mean the fact that like his name is relatively common knowledge in the u.s is incredible yeah absolutely and anyone who has not seen hard-boiled go watch that movie it is so good um sean william scott plays car oh he of course got his breakout as stifler in american pie um he was he was one of those guys that they kept trying to make a leading man in the early 2000s uh he was really good in dude where's my car i i have a soft spot for that movie he you know i have a soft spot for him nothing he's ever in works including dude where's my car yeah like that movie does not work but it's still funny because it's so stupid yeah um but i've always liked him and watching this like the first couple of minutes i was like wow i you know i forgot that he was relatively charming a part of it's because he looks like henry rollins to me um, he's like a skinnier, more attractive Henry Rollins. Um, I don't see that. I've always liked him too. Yeah, as much as I don't want to, because he's Stifler. So for uh, yeah, he's Stifler. Uh, he also Final Destination, Road Trip. Oh, he was in Evolution. Yep, that's where I liked him. Uh, yeah. I think first, because that's what David Duchovny and uh, God, what's that guy's Orlando name? Blue. Orlando, Orlando Blue. Not Blue. Not Orlando. Um, Not Blue. Orlando Jones. Jones. Orlando Jones. For from du- Mad TV. Okay, wait, wait. For, yeah. for Dude, Where's My Car? Him and Aston Kircher. Kirchner? Kutcher. Oh. Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher won the Teen Choice Award for Choice Movie Chemistry over, <laughs> over Ben Affleck and Kate Beckinsale for Pearl Harbor, Kirsten Dunst and Ben Foster, Hugh Grant and Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones' Diary, um, J Lo and Matthew McConaughey, Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts, and Tom Hanks and the volleyball from Castaway. <laughs> uh, Dude, where's my car? Is an underappreciated comedy. Yeah. It's actually pretty damn funny. Yeah. When the hey, cops hey. are when the cops are beating up the dummy in the interrogation room, <laughs> they're like, "This is what's gonna happen to you," and they just, yeah, finally, it's Ashton stands up. <laughs> he doesn't know anything sadly i think american pie is that comedy from this era that people will remember from that time period but Absolutely. i think my car is a better uh it is better capsule. i like the first american pie but yeah there are two where's my car there are six american pie movies and we're not doing that. yeah i don't need to yeah um yeah. uh so but yeah uh sean william scott you know, after his 2000s run, which kind of ended with the Dukes of Hazard. Oh, oh man. was that him and Johnny Cash? No, or not Johnny, Johnny Cash? Uh, Johnny, Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ, the two of them in a room. Ugh. And it was a broken lizard movie. It, yeah. yeah. It was terrible. It was bad. Except for Willie Nelson as uh, Uncle Jesse. He oh, nailed yeah. it. Willie yeah. always nails it. But um, he's mostly been doing, I mean, he, he, he's been doing, uh, he's, he's voiced Crash in like, I don't know, 25 Ice Age movies, however many there have been. Um, oh Is my- that the little rat thing? Who's I- Crash? Uh, in Ice Age, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've seen all of them because I had kids in the 2010s, but I don't. They they just blend together. Yeah, and yeah. Just, it's DreamWorks. Just Ray Romano and Queen Latifah, right. <laughs> like voices coming right. out of like weird. What? Ray Romano and Queen Latifah are the stars of Ice Age. And Dennis what? Leary and, and John Leguizamo. And John Leguizamo. That's the cast. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Characters. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I want to see them do a live action <laughs> Ice Age where it's just Ray Romano and Queen Latifah falling in love oh, while Dennis Ray. Leary's their sidekick who's grumpy. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's uh, he's done a lot of TV. He was in the Lethal Weapon series and now he's currently on something called Welcome to Flatch. <laughs> I think he was also Flatch. Oh, yeah. Flatch? Like a latch? Like an it's a town. It's it's like banking on the letter Kenny Shits Creek kind of like mm, quirky town. Um yeah. shit, I just don't like the word flatch. It makes no, me think it's a terrible like word. it's the best part of the word flatulence. Yeah. Or is it the worst um, part? I don't know. I'm sure there's a tie in there. Yeah. Wasn't he in the Hawaii Five O Oh no 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 no! no. That was James Conn. Yeah, yeah no no he did yeah, yeah Lethal Weapon. Uh, currently they're working on American Pie, a new American Pie movie. Yes, where they're that. all parents. I'm sure and kids are all fucking each other. I'm oh. sure that's it exactly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw an article that Jason Biggs is like he's like I'm proud to be the pie fucker. Like it is what I've known for, but. I embrace it. Now I'm coming back. If, yeah. if I was getting American Pie fuck residuals, pie. I'd embrace it too. Yeah, oh, I'd, fuck a, I'd fuck a pie for money. <laughs> you yeah. would be amazed at what I would fuck for money. <laughs> You'd be amazed at how little money it took for me to fuck a pie. <laughs> That's what the surprise would be. You walk into the room. Shit, I was already fucking the pie. Now, Homer, don't eat this pie. <laughs> Homer, Ooh. don't fuck this pie. Mmm, <laughs> floor pie. Uh, I'm just gonna do this. <laughs> um, we've got Jamie King as Jade Bad Girl Kerensky. <laughs> Worst character in the movie. Not it's so bad. I mean, almost as bad as Funktastic. Funktastic oh. was the best character in the movie by far. In any movie, the movie I would stopped. love to see a, a franchise with Funktastic. Just I was doing I what he so upset we didn't revisit what Funktastic and the game were doing. How and did his, we not? How were they not involved in the third I act know. of this movie? Right. And that, that awesome lair. Oh my the fucking the fork or the, not forklift, the uh, cargo lift. The I Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles style, like underground <laughs> yes. lair. Like Shredder's Teen Club. Yeah. They're like the baby lords. Yeah. They are. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So Jamie King starred as Jade. 
Uh, she got her start as a model. Um, she was in, oh, she was in Blow. Hmm. Yeah, that's where I recognized her from. Yeah. I didn't recognize her, but all right, Blow. I, I remember her. She's in Sin City, so we'll be seeing her again. Oh, she was in The Spirit. What the fuck? Oh. I don't remember. I remember so little about The Spirit. Just one of our I, most hated. Uh, I'm going to fuck this city tonight. Oh, it's my city. Jane would be cute, but she's no city. She's no fuck. city. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah, so she was another one of those early 2000s people, I feel like, who's who, who just kind of went away. This um, is like model before, turned actor. Yeah, before we had Nepo babies, we had models turned actors. Yeah. Not that before yep. Nepo babies have always existed, but like no, but that's a good point. Yeah, now they're everybody's a fucking Nepo baby with rare exception. But then it was like, oh, you were Calvin Klein once. You do cocaine. Right. You could be in a movie. <laughs> yeah, you're photogenic. Exactly. You can act. Um, it was the same with athletes. Yeah, you know, that was big at that time of like, yeah. look, they're funny and entertaining. It's like. They're funny because they're concussed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so she's current or most recently she was in a, a series called Black Summer for a few years. Um, let's see. She, oh, she, oh, she did a, a lot of a fair amount of uh, voice work. She uh, voiced Aura Singh in uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Huh. And. Uh, uh, did some robot chicken stuff, but um, let's see. Um, Carol Roden, Carl Roden, as a uh, Strucker. That, that's <laughs> like the third or fourth Strucker Nazi we've had, yeah. right? Hey, with a third. name like Strucker, it has to be good. Is that his name? Was that his name? His name was Strucker. Yeah, yeah. because. Because we got MCU Strucker, and then we had another Strucker, didn't we? Was I it feel in, like there was a third Strucker. Yeah. Was it in an indie or something? Was it in when? Uh, no, was it in Wonder Woman? Was that the name of of Danny Houston's character? I can't remember. There's, he was a German. There's been so we've watched so many people beating up so many Nazis between indie and the MCU, and hey. just like and and it never gets old, man. It does. I like to watch people punch Nazis right in the face. Hell yeah. But we're starting to approach the era where were they back then? Hitler had some ideas. Hey, you know what? (laughs) We're starting to get to that. More Nazis, more people to punch. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Um, We have actually seen him several times before in Hellboy and Blade 2. Probably playing a Nazi in both of them. Uh, In in Hellboy, he was playing the the, uh, uh, Rasputin character. Who wasn't called Rasputin, but was basically oh. Rasputin. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And in Blade Two, he played Kaunin. Oh, I yeah. Um, oh, Kaunin. Yeah, good old Kaunin. No, uh, this dude does <laughs> a lot of Czech movies. He's from the Czech Republic. Uh, apparently, he's a big movie star there. So, I mean, he's he did Kaunin a great job in Blade Two. Evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Victoria Smurfit. She's gonna smurf it. Smurf it. She's gonna smurf it real good. As, as she gets the, all, I mean, this smurfing movie. I she probably gets that a lot. This. That's yeah. So um, she's uh, as Nina Strucker. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was Victoria Madsen. Or... Mm, 
Um, she's, let's see, she, she's, she's British. She seems to do a lot of British film and TV. Uh, she was also, let's see, she was on, oh, nothing very interesting. Um, she was on The Man Who Fell to Earth recently. Uh, yeah, she's got a very British, boring British filmography. Oh, she was in About a Boy. Oh, I love that. That movie. was a good movie. I like that movie a lot. Uh, Where I remembered her from, she was Cruella Deville on uh, Once Upon a Time uh, TV I, series. I did not watch that series. Watch some. Um, yeah. So let's see. Uh, oh yes, and interestingly, um, Mako. As uh, what was his name in this, Mr. Kojima, Mako uh, is was a very he was a he was a big uh, Japanese actor in the sixties and seventies through the eighties. Was he the ma- Was he the master character, the guy that? No, no, no. He, he was the Mako is the. Uh, I was going to say that the theater. He's the theater, 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 the theater owner. owner. Oh, all oh, right. Okay. Um, he got nom- He was uh, in the Sand Pebbles in 1966, for which he got nominated for an Oscar. Um, oh. He was the uh, Akira the Wizard in the Conan uh, oh. 80s Conan movies. It's cool. Conan. Nice. Conan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Con- he is Conan. Conan is the talk show host. Yeah. Conan. Conan O'Brien <laughs> or Conan the uh, Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Conan O'Brien? Why is she so sad? <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Roger Yawn played Master Monk the, at okay. the beginning. Uh, he is also, you know, a very well-known martial arts uh, action guy from uh, Hong Kong. He was also in Shanghai Noon. Um, he did. He was a uh, did a lot of the uh, stunt technical work in Batman Begins and Skyfall. He's not the villain in Skyfall, is he? That's not him. That's no, 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 no. He, he was just, he was... He, uh, he pl- I think Blofeld is, right? He, he played uh, the bodyguard, uh, Severine's bodyguard in Skyfall. That's not the guy with the crystals in his face, right? That's what I'm thinking of. No, 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 not him. Uh, I'm glad that this movie picked up on his last day of training. Yeah. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> well, we got the classic, oh, one more day till I retire. Right. He and literally here, let me ex- says, I'm going on vacation, it. then gets ironically murdered. Right. I want to do something I've never, yeah, ironically murdered. And then his student kind of makes him like, enjoy your vacation, master. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Fuck you. Yeah. Before <laughs> using him as a shield. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing something that I've never, I've always wanted to do. Butt stuff? <laughs> yeah. Get shot to death, I guess. Yeah. That's the last thing on anyone's bucket list, I suppose. Um, so, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Marcus Jean Pire as Funktastic. He was French. <laughs> He was French. He seemed so very British. 
Well, I mean, he's from French background, actually. I don't know where he's actually from. Uh, but uh, He's an actor. It's no, he is British. Put he is on British. Accent, but... yeah. Oh, he is British. He okay. is British. Um, but he is best known for Bulletproof Monk and Supernova, the 2005 Luke Perry vehicle made for TV movie. Uh, so I just have a question. There are so oh, many goons in Funktastic's gang. Uh-huh. Why, so why was he chosen as Funktastic and not any of the other guys? Because this guy could have just as easily been a goon well, in the background. And what they imply is that this crew of goons are not necessarily like bloodthirsty type. Like he's basically Fagin and they're the little orphans that steal for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're not mercenaries. They're not guns for hire. They're mad at Sean William Scott for pit-pocketing on their turf. And they want him to keep stealing, but he has to pay them. So, yeah, it's like Oliver Twist. Like, Funktastic is just Fagin, and he's taken in. Because that's one of the parts of the deal is, like, you'll get a place to sleep. But this, so it's literally well, Oliver Twist. So, <laughs> if this character hadn't been my age... He's 30. He's like at least right. 30. The yes. dude looks like he's 35. Like mm-hmm. if he had been like 20, maybe I would buy the vibe yeah. of fantastic being like someone that you would be like, maybe I should do what this guy says. But like at my age, if somebody told me like, you got to give me 60%, I'd be like, dude, fuck that. Fuck your no. mother. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then the other henchmen are also grown men. Yes. So it's not like Shredder where he has taken in street youth and given, you know, it's like, no, no. It's just a league of thieves. This is, is he blackmailing the other people or no, something? No. This, is a, this is a group of 30-year-old men dressing in, like, leather vests with nothing under them, living in a subway tunnel together, pickpocketing people. Okay, I have no problem with any of those life choices. It's giving Funktastic 60%. Rob and steal. I don't even care. Why give this limey Brit with weird tattoos anything? They've got one girl. girl. They don't have the girl. What is she doing there? What is she doing there? She's not even fucking Funktastic. Again, if they were like bloodthirsty killers, then Funktastic would naturally be the toughest, scariest, like yes. like Bane, like Bane in the League of Shadows. But Funk-tastic. they're just thieves, so they're pickpockets and thieves. And somehow, like you said, Brian, this fairly young dude rose to the ranks by, I guess, stealing the most things, the best. He's just the sassiest. Like, where's the intimidation factor? He's the only one with the British accent. That's why he just right. and he tattoos. stole everybody's car keys so they can't leave. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, no, I don't find out. He is. <laughs> This is this is a British man who came to America to live in a subway tunnel and preside over. Street okay. hey, you know what though? We just watched a movie about an American man who moved to London to live in their sewer tunnels. Okay, fair. It's poetry. See, split second. Our previous. It is, yeah, well, this is a sequel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is all I've got for the production of this movie. It's there's not much to it. Um, yeah, let's run this thing down. This, well, okay, wait, wait. So, um, I do have some. Oh, good. Some, some, <laughs> some reviews. Um, Bulletproof Monk has twenty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, it deserves every, <laughs> all of that. So, um, here's some letterbox reviews. I wholeheartedly enjoyed every fucking second of this. Half a star. <laughs> Damn, that's how I feel. Wow. Um, 
I feel bad for the Matrix. Five stars. <laughs> the the Matrix, quote, quote, as a concept or the film? <laughs> I have to assume the film. Uh, yeah. I assume what he means is he feels bad for the Matrix in that this was such a superior movie. That's probably it. I would assume so, yes. Five stars. Yes. I'd agree. Um, you're not bulletproof, Monk. Dude, it's in the title. <laughs> One star. I know. It wasn't long before I wished he wasn't bulletproof. <laughs> uh, and uh, Big Shrek 23. There were 22 prior Big Shreks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there were. <laughs> he writes, Masterpiece. Now I know why I always have an extra hot dog bun. He's just waiting for Shrek. It's like people who wait to give Jesus his dowry. It's like, I have an extra hot dog for Shrek when he returns. Uh, um, or when Shrek returns. When Shrek returns. He, when he, he rises. Went, <laughs> he went into the swamp for three days. And then the swamp emerged. will rise again. Um, uh, he's like, look, it's very swamplicated. <laughs> uh, Jesus is like, I'm like an onion. <laughs> Yeah, layers. <laughs> Somebody crucify that onion. Um. All right, that's it, guys. You're ready to jump into the movie. Somebody crucify that onion. <laughs> we wore onions on our boat. Um, yeah, this was the fashion at the time. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. At the time. All right, here we go. This is bulletproof monk. We open in 1943 Tibet. Two monks are fighting in the 1993 Mortal Kombat arcade background. Oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah, it this was jarringly screen. bad. Oh this, my god. There are so many videos on YouTube of people being like, we recreated the Death Star trench run in a day, or whatever mm-hmm. uh, like visual effect on on you know whatever uh program to create 3D things. I can't think of what is it. Uh, Anyways, yeah. But Seeing this, I was like, wow, this would really take somebody about 15 minutes to improve on it. Yeah. Like just to remove all of the background and put a new one in there and put the right. characters right back into it, they'd probably improve this. At this day and age, now. a 15-year-old could have improved but those even in effects. 2003, yes. this was remarkably amateurish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, I wonder how much of their budget went towards stunts and they like at the end they were like oh god we got to string this thing together because we spent all our money on wires but i mean even the wire work looked bad the way they spin looked so jokey it was like there's so much of it that i'm i'm curious like that they stop being selective about what they put on screen because there's like everything's wire work in this movie it doesn't matter nothing matters yeah nothing matters it was like, more like Crouching Tiger, Boring Dragon. <laughs> or Spinning Dragon. You know, everybody's just turning around. In but yeah, the so they're having their final battle ever. I wonder if the student knows it's his final test, but like, this is the last go-round fighting on the footbridge. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he the, this Chow, the Chow Yun-Fat wins. He's told he has fulfilled the prophecies and he is his master's successor. He gives up his name, which he says he already forgot. 
like, okay, bro. It's like, it's just us two dudes, you know, we don't say it often. So what were the three prophecies right up front? Let's just get those out of the way. Because he says them at the end. But is right. it? But he like whispers them in the beginning. Is it the same? It's this. It is the same prophecies for. It is the same for. It is for bulletproof are, as it is for Stifler. They are yeah. the same prophecies. Yeah, I I do have them. Okay, what are they, Al? Okay, uh, you defeated an army of enemies while a flock of cranes circled above. You battled <laughs> for love in the palace of Jade, and you freed your brothers you never knew with the family you never had. Well, that's vague, yes. right? Yes. Except for the the cranes, that's pretty specific. The cranes and jade, yeah. Huh. All right, all right. Well, that those are the prophecies. So, um, so Chalion Fat did all of those things, and we just didn't see them happen. Yeah, that was all. Well, the House of Jade, you know, she's Jade, so it he, wasn't necessarily a Jade Palace. Yeah, he but didn't for, save his brothers that he did not know. They all died. But I mean, apparently, he did all of that prior to this. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. We hardly knew you. Yeah. No, no, but yeah, but um, so he, uh, yeah, he's he becomes bulletproof. Uh, the old monk is getting too old for this shit. He's about to sail off on a boat called Live Forever into retirement. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna go eat, pray, love. Yeah, and then he gets immediately, ironically, murdered by Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> and there's nothing McBain can do to stop them. That's right. Well, well, Mendoza! Mendoza! <laughs> Mendoza. Uh, the Nazis, led by Colonel Smuckers. Um, <laughs> got to be good. Yeah. Uh, Strucker, they kill all the monks except for Bulletproof, who fights and kills most of the Nazis except for Colonel and, Strucker. And the little boy? I guess I think they. Should. No, the little little boy survived. Oh and yeah. The, oh wait, is that little? Wait, no, that little boy can't be the. Is he the old guy that go is he's, in New York then later? He's got to be the old guy in New York. I thought the old guy in New York was Strucker. The real no 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 old no, no, guy? no the old oh, monk the, guy in the laundromat yeah. in New York. Oh oh, that's no. Be him. That, is that um, is that not the little boy? No the okay so, Tenzin, uh, Who's was Tenzin? the. No, Tenzin was the lead monk okay. in the the basement monastery uh, in New York. Uh, the little boy was his uncle. Oh, okay. But he's the little boy with the monkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. They this this movie besides besides being terrible was also weirdly confusing at points for it, no reason. It was. Um, even though there were prophecies, they really did not at all explain him crossing paths. Like, it was so random that he crossed paths with Sean William Scott. Yeah. He just caught him pickpocketing. It's not random when it's fate. <laughs> it yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, he shoots, uh, Strucker shoots Bulletproof, who falls off a cliff. We cut to 60 years later and we meet Stifler. He's a Falls off a cliff and mysteriously disappears. Yes. He is not at the bottom of the cliff when Strucker goes to uh, check. Wondergore. Yeah. It did have Wondergore vibes. It did. It did. Yeah. Um, 
We cut to uh, 60 years later. Stifler is a pickpocket in New York. Bulletproof is being chased by dudes in suits. He goes to the subway where Stifler is. Stifler and Bulletproof both help a girl whose leg is stuck in the tracks of the subway. Okay, wait, real quick. I want to point out. These dudes in suits are hunting him, and they have been. They're trying to locate him, and he's at a newsstand, and he just has a newspaper up in front of his face. But he has never changed his monk robes or clothing whatsoever. So... A paper in the face should not be enough no, to deter he, these guys who've been tracking him forever. He's dressed like a cowboy monk now. It's a little yeah, yeah the the brown leather trench he's, coat. He's like oh. a marauding. Oh, oh, I see. So he's more conspicuous in downtown it's, it's New way, York City. Way yeah, more he, conspicuous wearing yes. that trench coat. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. He's in disguise. Well, that's why they couldn't find. Well, because I mean, there are probably more monks than guys dressed like that in New York City. Probably, too. yeah. He'd probably blend in as a Tibetan. Yes. If you got off the bus and you were standing there and you were like, pick out a monk, it might be hard. If you had been tracking a monk for years, possibly 60, and you scan the area you're standing in, I would be like, it might be him. Okay. I hate to profile, but it might be the cowboy monk. Cowboy monk. Well, no, I assume he's been dressing like a cowboy monk for a while, too. So it's not just like, it's not like we were looking for a regular monk, not a cowboy monk. Okay. They've been following him. As Mr. says, that is. It's awesome. Back in the 70s, he was dressed as a disco monk. (laughs) And then in the Uh, 80s, he was new wave monk. In the 90s, he was wearing Jenko jeans. Yep. Did he not have a punk monk face? Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. With a, with a little it was in the sixties. He was like hippie monk. In in the eighties, he had one of those flock of monk haircuts. <laughs> flock of cranes. <laughs> yeah, flock of cranes. That was his eighties man. Yeah. That's how he discovers the new one. He's got a flock of seagulls haircut. <laughs> yeah. that like, nope, that's not him. His hair was more like a monk. <laughs> so, um, uh, in the fifties, he was greaser monk. <laughs> Yeah. What are you rebelling against? What do you got? <laughs> he he and the adventures of Monk and Mutt. <laughs> what are you rebelling against? What do you monk? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, con- like smurf. he's constantly working monk into conversations. <laughs> like monk me once, shame on you. <laughs> are you Tony Shalhoub? <laughs> so all right. Um they saved the girl. And start walking down the tunnels where Stifler steals Bulletproof's magic tube. Uh, then he runs into Funktastic and his multicultural gang of pickpockets. Uh, Stifler, or they're mad because he's pickpocketing on their turf and he has to fight them all. And with the help of <laughs> Sexy Girl, who's not part of the gang, but still hanging out with them for some reason. They're a gang of pickpockets. I can't get over it. Imagine having to give 60% of $25. To yeah. How do you split a watch? You know? Like, right. Yeah, exactly. I stole this guy's wallet. Nobody carries cash anymore, but here's your share. Yeah. It's just like, you get the library card. <laughs> you get the parking pass. Um. Yeah. So uh, bullet. Proof watches and gets his tube back because 
Funktastic uh, doesn't want it. <laughs> he, Luke Skywalker, uh, Last Jedi, tosses it over his shoulder, yeah. which I love. I and he has that Bob Dole moment. What is this? Some kind of tube? <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, this is the first time where he thinks that Stifler might be the one to fulfill the prophecy because he he uh, fights. Wait, it- is Funktastic Bob Dole? Because he does say his name a lot. It's like Funktastic. Don't like great idea. Yeah, Funktastic does refer to himself in the third person a fair bit. Yes, he's this movie's Bob sex. Dole. Every movie has one. <laughs> <laughs> Funktastic is bulletproof monks. Bob Dole is a brand new sentence. That should be the title of this episode. Brand new sentence. (laughs) Debuted here. Oh, my God. Um, Fantastic. Don't need this. I I had to look up his his rhyming slang because I'd never heard those before. And they're they're interesting. So he he said he's going to he had big orchestras. Shame he had to cut them off. Oh. Um, so that's balls. Um, go to orchestra stalls and then orchestra. Why is that a? This is cocky rhyming slang. Huh. Usually rhyming is bollocks, but oh, rhyming slang. Yeah. But orchestra that that implies multiple, like two. Two is not an orchestra. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, and. Orchestra stall, not a word, not in common usage. Yeah, orchestra stall. I I don't know if I've ever heard orchestra stall before. Well, as that's a, what you call the stall, the the restroom stall in an orchestra is the orchestra <laughs> stall. I'm playing the butt. Um and and then uh, after he says he's going to let him go, he threatens to cut off his Hampton uh, if they catch him on their turf again. Uh, and that came Johnson. from uh, Hampton Rock or Hampton Wick, rhyming with cock or prick. What is what is a what? Hampton Rock or Hampton Wick? No idea. So this is all Hampton. Cock- what do you this need that for, dude? Real Cockney slang. Yeah, this is real slang. I have a. Uh, I looked it up in my slang through the ages uh, book. Oh my um, god! But- wow. Yeah, cock. Rhyming Cockney rhyming slang is ridiculous. Uh, it is, but someone on this production was like, "We've got to get the Cockney rhyming slang correct." Yeah, or correct. they're going to kind of hire a linguist. Yeah, or maybe since that dude's Bridges, that's what he brought to the table. Yeah, why is his name Mister Funktastic? Because that's the least British thing I've ever fucking heard. Because his father's name was Mister Funktastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. It's Mr. He's Junior. He's like, hey, he hey, even hey. tattooed the Mr. Doctor yeah. Funktastic. Yeah, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't Funktastic type medical school. Mr. Period. He spelled out Mr. He lost space Mr. for Funktastic to be even bigger. He yeah. did. Oh my God. Um. All right. So, anyway, <laughs> do you think that 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 actor has that tattooed on him? And they were like, "Well, that's your name." Sorry, bro. You're he's like, no, no. Like you're the I leader of the gang real. now. Everybody in the gang takes off their shirts, and he's like, "Yep, he's the one." <laughs> he's the he has fantastic. He is fantastic. Like this man has no shame. Oh my god, I can't get over just the word fantastic. It's incredible. 
calls himself a, yeah. that. It's a name that a much more fun and wacky person deserves. You know yes. what I mean? Like, not a scary gang leader, you know, like Mr. Funktastic. You hire him for a party. Yeah, That's no, no. Disco Stew's, like, backup name, you right? know? Yeah. yeah or, no. like, his business. Mr. Funktastic in Is this movie makes no fucking sense. No. That name is a DJ name. Yeah. Um, a wedding DJ. So, all right. While 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 Jade is helping Stifler out with the uh, other, with fighting the Funktastic gang, um, he steals her necklace so he can gaslight her later. Um, he heads home. This is a classic early 2000s trope, too. The, like, I'm just going to casually gaslight this woman into thinking that I am a good person. Yeah. I guess maybe it's not gaslighting because she doesn't, he didn't tell her, like, oh, you didn't know. Like, he's just lying. Yeah, but, like, I guess. Just, yeah, straight up lying. But it's, it's still pretty douchey. Um, so he heads home where he works, lives, and plays. In the projection booth of a Chinese theater. Um, Owned by a Japanese man. Yes. I loved everything about this aspect of this movie. The fact that our protagonist learned to do kung fu, living in a theater, being the projectionist. I like that. I know that it's stupid and it doesn't make any sense in like the real world because you cannot learn kung fu from watching movies because they're movies. It's it's a good thing it didn't specialize in like French New Wave films, otherwise he would have just learned how to like smoke (laughs) and be detached. (laughs) He smokes cigarettes in the dark. Um, I I agree with you. You know, it's way more interesting than a like training with a master montage, which has been in every. In this movie, every kung fu movie. And it gives us the ability to show movies in the movie, which is an interesting thing because this movie is paying homage to an entire Mm. genre of film. I mean, if we're going to call it paying homage more. But you're right. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool. This was my favorite aspect of the like the world building was him. It it gave it a karate kid element. Yeah. The the training of Danielson was interesting because it was unconventional. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Wax yeah. on, wax off, clean the cars, you know. That made it interesting instead of snatch some pebble from my hand. Yeah. You know, shit. I mean, there are things about this film on paper that are like aren't bad ideas, but in every single step, the execution was done the exact wrong way. I yeah. loved it. I loved I every moment of this movie, but I give it a half a star still. I enjoyed every moment. I laughed so fucking hard. I laughed it at the places I wasn't been a lot. I was they weren't intended yeah. for me to laugh. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I was like yeah. annoyingly laughing the whole time, like uncontrollably. Uh so um Bulletproof shows up. Uh Stifler can't beat up Bulletproof, so he lets him stay the night. I loved the over the top wire work of him eating cocoa pups puffs and just Yeah, moving spin, the spinning around on his toes. Just yeah. like parallel to the ground just yeah it was that was very fun yeah they definitely spent all their money on cg out the wires from this movie yeah yeah uh the following um yeah stifler trains by copying kung fu movies the following day jade goes to an exhibition at a human rights museum why 
I don't. What is this know. character's motivations for anything? I don't. Why did she know. go there? Does, was there a package that she was picking up? Is she somehow associated with the human rights organization? Has she been trying to figure out this conspiracy the whole time? Somebody throw us a fucking narrative bone here. Fuck. Yeah. I was so and mad. Is, is this the scene where the, the other woman asks her, like, which person she'd rather be in the photo? Yes. This is the yeah. sexiest scene in the whole movie. I somehow. loved that because my answer, like, so would you rather the person about to be shot or the person doing the shooting? I would have been like, the photographer. Yes. <laughs> That's who I choose. Yeah. There's three people in this scenario. Uh, uh, yeah. No, there is no reason for her to go to this human I rights mean, she, exhibition. She's a rich kid. So maybe her father was a benefactor of the human rights organization because That's they're, what I, they're actually evil. And she knows that. I mean, maybe. I, 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 figured, her, I figured her family was... Uh, tied up mon monetarily in this organization um, and she went because she got an invite to the exhibit. I mean, it is, it is true. She's a rich girl and she's gone too far, but she knows it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> it's a she bitch can rely girl. on the old man's money. But um, she disagrees with the, the, the exhibit. She, she asks why show the atrocity rather than showing man, being humanity man's humanity I, towards humanity which man. is interesting you know that's yeah. like an interesting thing to to say in a movie um but like it, it, it didn't move the plot forward in any way whatsoever no, besides it wasn't like impactful like the ooh, the sexy blonde lady is probably evil because she just asked her i didn't you realize kill people i definitely assumed that she was in some way connected to this thing through money but oh. they never like, if there had been one line like, oh, you know, my father's a big benefactor of this organization. That's what I'm saying. Like, I got a letter addressed to my father. That's why I'm here. And I wanted to give you a piece of my mind. Like, boom, done. Anything. I didn't realize that trope was that old. But, like, the scene where the villain is in um, a museum and, like, dropping truth about whatever it is. The most famous one I can think of is Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. In Black Panther, but it's 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 even happened since then in superhero movies. But mm -hmm. I it's mean, happened in other ones where it's just like, oh, it's a beautiful relic. Yeah, it was stolen. Didn't Lex Luthor do that at some point in a super? Yeah, that, that was like a piece nice. of art or something. He's like talking about stolen art that he had, maybe. Oh, oh, the one in his father's room with the angels. Oh, oh, oh! I'm and, thinking of uh, before. Uh, I'm thinking Hackman's. Uh, oh. Yeah, talking about how not, he's not evil because he everybody steals. Uh, I I don't remember the scene. Moriarty does it in Sherlock. Like there's just it's yeah. It's a great place to monologue. There's not a lot of background noise, you know. Yeah, um, and, and, and the specifically dropping truth about you know like this is not a prized possession. Maybe you're thinking of Luther in was it the Superman Museum where he steals his hair? Oh, um, was that it? Remember that hair we couldn't. That was uh the fourth blade. That was Quest for Peace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My God. I don't like to remember Quest for Peace. I mean, the Joker goes to a museum too in Batman. That the, the villains go to jo museums a lot, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's not a safe place. Museums notoriously Well, it's a it's a place to do irreparable damage. You That's know. True. You blow up a bank, they'll mm. build another bank. Yeah. It doesn't you, have any cultural you deface, value. Yeah, you deface a Van Gogh, you can't 
get yeah, it back. Yeah, it's done. Mostly they go for the air conditioning. Usually. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a way to get out of the sun. Um, <laughs> and don't they put like fruit? Like, they put like, it's free on Tuesdays. They put jelly on paintings now. That's the thing. Or they're like, I put oh, yeah, those oil orange uh, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. Like, like d- don't make me angry at someone whose point I basically agree with. Like, yes. Yeah. Gas and the environment—it's bad. Like I, I, I agree. But stop fucking with art. Like, right? The, what well, does that have to is, do with museums? And I, 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 this makes me wonder. Not to go too deep onto the people sticking themselves to paintings and painting them, um, but they're usually on paintings that have plexiglass over them. So I'm not sure yes. if they're aware of it or if they're just extra dumb that they're not actually damaging the. <laughs> oh thing. no, they're aware of it because yeah. it, legally it, it puts them in a sort of gray area. You destroy yeah. property. And then you destroy priceless property. That's cut and dried. But yeah, it's all symbolic, but it makes no sense. Why yeah. wouldn't you go to the World Bank? Why yeah. wouldn't you go to OPEC headquarters? Yes. Why are you fucking with a, a museum? Yeah, Anyways, the Louvre tangent. has nothing to do with that. Go to Brussels. Get out of Paris. Yeah. No. Do you know yeah. what Paris? Paris had to surrender the Nazis to keep the Louvre from being destroyed. Like, do you understand? <laughs> yeah. For real. Fuck. Oh. So, all right. Um, she's at the exhibition. It's run by Nina, the not at all evil blonde lady. Um, then it Who's, we, I get big time lesbian vibes from her when she's talking to her. She's just like, I get big time pansexual vibes from her because she's really into Chow Yun Fat later. Also, oh, that's true. She's just into everybody. Yeah, yeah. She's that lady fucks. Yeah, she she's does. Thirsty. Yeah. But um, yeah, so she's Strucker's granddaughter. Who secretly runs her grandfather's hunt for the scroll? I guess they're rich Nazis. <laughs> he's been searching for it for sixty years because he's old and racist. He's probably rich because he did all that plundering, though. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, any of the Nazis that escaped and survived uh, were rich. Yeah, yeah, they probably had part of why they escaped. Yeah, yeah. having yeah. having Nazi gold, uh, you just melt it and it's just regular gold. <laughs> It was still um, in the banks. The Swiss didn't throw it out on true. the streets. No, that's like, fucking true. Not. It just continued to accrue interest until their the, grandchildren the, fucking Yeah, they were in untouchable them. Swiss banks, the Swiss, and then they moved them to untouchable South American banks. Yeah, you know, S- Switzerland, guys, the fact that you didn't cut off the Nazis' access to their bank accounts, guys. Like, but, but we're Switzerland. We're yeah, neutrality neutral. is not a virtue. Yeah, no, that is not a virtue. That's a person who stands beside and wants another person kill somebody. Yeah. That's yeah. neutrality. Yeah, calling yourself Switzerland is not a great thing, you guys. For those no, people. not taking a stand is pussy. Yeah. It's bullshit. Absolutely. Uh, fuck the Swiss. Yeah. Fuck, them. <laughs> fuck the Swiss. This message brought to you by and Arms their cheese. It's full of holes. And their watches and their chocolate. Oh, never their little mind. knives. <laughs> their tiny little knives. <laughs> the little, little landscapes. <laughs> yeah, the most easily defeated army <laughs> with their Swiss army You're knives. Like, Aha! Oh, it's a nail clipper. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. oh, he's got a corkscrew. I have a rifle. You get you get a corkscrew in an Alp mountain. It's hard to it's hard to defeat. Yeah. I want some wine? You're European. Hey, in America, we open bottles with guns. Yes, we do. It's not the only thing we open. <laughs> like Homer changing the channel of the TV with his gun. <laughs> What's hilarious is it worked. 
<laughs> I know. That's the funniest part of that scene. It's um, a great episode. Oh, God. Um, out in the streets, Bulletproof and Stifler run into Jade, who asks him to return her necklace. Uh, he says he doesn't have it, but he thinks he can find her something. I don't care. Um, <laughs> the meeting gets so... She never introduces herself as Jade at, no. the, at any moment yet. But no, it's that, a Jade no. necklace. She says it's from my father or mother. It's mother. Jade's Martin. necklace. Yeah. Was it Jade? It looked orange. I think it's like a yellow jade, but because there's like different kinds of jade, right? It was yellow green. Yeah, uh, we don't find out she's jade until later on, so that he can be like oh, the pr- second prophecy. The prophecy is right. true. Now, uh, she's just bad girl. That's what he calls yeah, her in this girl. scene. Bad girl, funktastic, and bad girl. Bad girl. That's what What's this movie should have been girl? called. Funktastic <laughs> and bad girls. Amazing! Oh my God! Amazing adventures, <laughs> like Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Um. So yeah, or Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> so, uh, their meeting gets interrupted when the monk gets spotted by the men in suits. Who Nina? Is. They are just in a busy intersection. Mm-hmm. Was it a meeting, or did she run into that? Was that a chance encounter? Well, you know, there's only twelve people in New York City. So True. it's yeah. easy to run into everybody. It's, but it's hard to spot a monk. Yeah. No, over and over again, people just run into each other in New York City. People who are yeah. not otherwise connected and aren't expecting to be in the same neighborhood. Well, yeah, and we yeah. see a scene where he just runs after Monk through the streets of New York aimlessly and finds him. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you're right. There are people in boroughs that like never go to other boroughs. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. y- you can talk to people in Queens who are like, I've probably gone to Manhattan four times. Like, there's no reason to go to Manhattan. So it's funny. Yeah. You just like, keep running into the same people. A city block is a serious measurement of distance yeah. in a big city like New York. Whereas in yeah, cities I, like yeah. Tucson and like the in the West Coast, that doesn't mean shit. That's not far at no. all. Yeah, get no. in my car and drive, you know, to Phoenix. Yeah, no, but no, and and you can't w- walk the length of like the island. Like that's it's a big island. Yeah. It's thirteen m- miles. Yeah, yeah. I the, mean, the, I've seen people run uh, like the marathon distance on it, which is pretty neat. But yeah, yeah I mean, while you can, but the but point of it being a small town is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, like it is thirteen miles with more people in it than Kansas. <laughs> so it's like. Does, yeah, I have a question. Does he at any point here? Because I mention that he lives and works at a theater. No, no, just that flashback of him training to Jade. Does he tell Jade this at any point? He is carrying film. Um, yeah, okay. And that he then throws at the goons. Okay, so Jade <laughs> then proceeded to look at that film and be like, "Oh." He works at that one Chinese theater on the other at wherever it is. Oh, you know what though? She does tell uh Kojima, is that his name? Um yeah. she does tell him I asked around and I heard oh, she that you asked have a projectionist. Around. Okay. That- she asked around. Yeah. Who did she ask? I the guys in Fantastic's gang. Yeah. People that's, who know. That's her network. You know, you know. Who, oh my God! So uh, and he throws the film. <laughs> so I, I just I took the second reel of Home Alone Two to the face. What? 
Why is he carrying film around? Like, where, I like, don't know. You don't want it in the sun. Uh, he just picked it up earlier that day. It was like that night's movie. Okay. Yeah, sure. I guess Ko- that's how it works. Kojima did drop that that plot well, point. And those are clearly empty canisters. Oh, yeah. Film's heavy. Film is so heavy. And that is like 70 millimeter. Those are gigantic. Did you gigantic. see? I can't remember which start, which prequel it was. It wasn't Phantom Menace, but Josh and I were coming out of the theater and there were three real boxes labeled. Uh, and we didn't. They might. They were probably empty as well, but they were just sitting in the lobby unattended. And we had that moment of like, should we steal the new Star Wars movie? <laughs> I saw a wild. picture. Um, the the production they posted a picture of the uh, um, the Oppenheimer IMAX reel, seventy millimeter IMAX reel. It wow. weighs something like fifteen hundred pounds. Wow. Yeah. But um all right. So yeah, the the uh let's see Stifler and Bulletproof run. They get chased by men in suits. The they try to split up and somehow end up back together. Uh, <laughs> and then they So you say they try and split up uh car uh was just like, "No, this is your problem." Uh, he takes off, and then he finds that the suits are now chasing him too. I guess because he threw film reels at them. Um, so, yeah. So then he's like, "Hey, I thought about it." <laughs> he catches up with him. He's like, I thought about it. we should stick together. Yeah. Um, so they end up at. That's what good waffles do. That's right. They end up at a Chinese laundromat that secretly has a group of monks living in the basement. Uh, so laundromat? I thought it was like a, a clay pottery factory. I don't know. Wikipedia- <laughs> so easily confused. No, no. Wikipedia called it a laundromat, and I wasn't paying enough attention the second time through to think about it. Um. So yeah, they uh, they're anyways they're at a place where there's a group of Chinese people doing a thing. Um, they're in the basement. Uh. Then Bulletproof and a young monk get into some sort of arm handshake fight. Oh, that that was Carr and the young monk. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yes, Stifler and the young monk, not Bulletproof. While Bulletproof goes to talk to Tenzin. Yeah. Um. So, and that monk's mad because he wants to be the special Bulletproof scroll, scroll man. Um, um, this is where we find out that the young boy with the monkey... Uh, was Tenzin's uncle who told them the tale of what happened at the monastery in Tibet. And so this group of monks have been um, preparing for the return and the the 60-year cycle of protection to come up. Okay. Why is it a 60-year cycle of protection? What is What is he protecting... Uh, he's protecting the scroll, but the scroll the, doesn't the, exist anymore. The information, the okay, the the information on the scroll. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't think I don't know if the scroll was ever on paper. Mm. 
I I think it was. I think he replaced it with the noodle recipe. He says he he okay. says he did. I think he mentions yeah. he replaced it. Well, because he he said I had too many close calls and I had to make a difficult decision. So this is my question about that. Who read this and tattooed on it on him? Did multiple tattoo artists get like little pieces? So that they did right. not read are it. There, are there now the immortal power? Immortal tattoo yeah. artists out there. They, they, he did that in Monk Prison. <laughs> uh, but he also got a dolphin <laughs> right above his ass. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's how you get free it's tattoos like his, in prison. You get the like his orchestra's first. on vacation. Yeah. Oh, this is also where we finally found out that the temple in Tibet was the temple of sublime truth. Ooh. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, sixty years. Uh, I guess the I don't know. It's uh, five cycles of the the Chinese astrology because we're back in the year of the Ram at this point. Mm. I don't know. Okay. Five times twelve makes sense to me. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So bulletproof uh, math. If if we were only. On a base 12 number system. Um, no, 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 no. My, 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 my unpopular opinion is that we should be on a base 12 number system in general. I only have 10 fingers. I don't want to have two. two well, I know I the fingers. The fingers is why we're on 10. I, but like, you know, mathematician now probably has more insight time. into all that than I do. Time should be divisible by 10 throw. That's my fucking spell I want to die on. Why 60? Why 60? Why 24? Uh, no, no, no. Why the 60? one that makes the least amount of sense, because all of that at least is based on like, you know, there's the sun and the moon and they go around in a certain amount of time, even though a day isn't really a whole day for some fucking reason. It could be divided by five or 10. We we could not we, by six or twelve or twenty four. What the fuck? Well, I mean, because three hundred and sixty five days plus one every four years for some fucking reason. Instead of just making the day like a second and a half longer or something, changing a day, whatever that is. But um, but but what really makes no fucking sense is seven days in a week. Fuck you, seven days in a week. What is that shit? What is seven? <laughs> Why? Because uh, God. The, the sun? Yeah. No, what does the sun have to do with seven days in a week? What? Yeah. Why does, really asking that? Why isn't it eight? It's, it's 12, rough. 10. Um, okay, to go from the new moon to a half moon is seven days. Okay. So, okay, so. So it's, I, a, it's a quarter cycle of the moon. Okay. That because the the moon, uh, twenty eight some, twenty eight point something days uh, for a lunar month. Okay, so it's a division of the moon cycle. I think so. And then months are a divisions sure. of the sun cycle. Um, yeah. And so, what about seconds? Why is the second? Why are there sixty? And we're getting way off track. But I have so <laughs> questions about this numbering system. Base twelve, the row. Well, because you're talking, we're talking about time as a human construct, but then there's also time as a natural force. I mean, a second is that a has second. no bearing. Uh, 
humans have no bearing on. But there so. could be a hundred seconds in a minute, you know. Sure. So it'd be just as easy and they'd be a little bit shorter. It would just count, be less minutes in a, a yeah. day, but it wouldn't change the, well, yeah, the I mean, time we, that yeah, it takes. Like, yeah, yeah. But I, it just makes it way harder to quantify because they're, we're dividing by six. We could of, divide time up in anything. I'm not sure and, what a yeah. second. Do you know what a second is, Al? Why do we have a second be what the length it is? Um, well, currently in science, the second is defined by taking the fixed numerical value of the cesium frequency. Um, uh, as far as why there are 60, I, I always felt like 60 was so easily... Uh, divided by several numbers. So okay. you can divide 60 by 2, uh, by 3, by 4, and 5. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just an easy number to work with when you're talking about what is it know, fractional, fractional hours or fractional minutes. But the modern timekeeping started with sundials. Right, and they they would measure the movement of those shadows. They would count. Right, this is my guess. I have no authority on it, but you know they would count the movement of the sun. Right, yeah. but in what increments? You can divide the movement up into any increments in a circle. Like you could divide it up at twelve, seventy, ninety. 18, 17 increments. Like yeah, you can after the fact, but if you're counting it at the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. These are my guesses. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the fact that a circle is 360 <laughs> degrees is pretty arbitrary in and of itself. Like, what is? I mean, because we decided how long a what a degree is, and then we decide that there's 360 yeah. of them. Like, it's all arbitrary. All time well, is arbitrary as far as what we decided to count. Yeah, it's a human construct. Again, I think with 360 degrees, it's the ease of divisibility by several different numbers. Right. So, I mean, that that is my take on the base 12, is that it is more easily divisible than, uh -huh. than 10 is. 2, 3, 4, 6. 10 is divisible Every by 2 and 5. Yeah. But is that a bad thing? Does it need to be more divisible to be better? Other cultures have had different base counting That's systems. True. Ten is just what we're all used to. Yeah, uh, the Arabs invented zero. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So I mean, some some yeah. cultures don't count their fingers; they count the spaces between their fingers. Some count the digits. Hmm. Like, there's all sorts of different counting methods. We just are used to ten. Arabic num numerals are what got us to math and science. I'm sticking with. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not I changing. Like, I like I like <laughs> ten. I hate that the Greeks decided on sixes and twenty fours and three sixty. I, 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 I hate not, all that shit. I'm not going to just start using a new one. I do have to like drive and stuff. Like yeah, the government's going to hate you. They're like I did my taxes in base twelve. <laughs> so all right. Anyways, bulletproof monk. <laughs> um. This the, is the math corner. Yeah. Complain about math corner. <laughs> um, so uh, Jade goes to the theater and leaves a message for Stifler with his boss. Stifler and Bulletproof train in an abandoned warehouse. 
okay, she leaves him a message. She wants her necklace back? Mm-hmm. Is that what she wants? Or is she there to tell him that the human rights organization is evil? I think she wants her necklace. Yeah. Because like the vibe, the vibe. There's not a lot of altruism in her. Yeah. There's like, well, the vibe from the conversation was like, I want to sleep with the projectionist. Here's all of my personal information. Yeah. Please give my phone number and address. Yeah. Who gives their address to you guys? You don't submit paperwork before you sleep with someone for the first time? Well, I I I, I, I give my PO box. (laughs) That's a good point. You don't want her showing up or him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they get a mail poison. They're mailing it to the post office, not to my house. They're like, sorry, I cannot. Uh, <laughs> this vagina I, cannot be mailed to a PO yeah. box. I, I, I personally run a credit check and then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I'm sorry, your vagina <laughs> did not pass. <laughs> I don't fuck anything below five, a 600. F- yeah. 560. <laughs> That's. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, so, yeah. The, <laughs> Then, then uh, we get the helicopter attack. There's a big fight scene and a chase and the rooftop fight and where Chow Yun-Fat spins around on the helicopter's things, the landing things. <laughs> twirling, twirling. <laughs> um, and uh, Stifler drops the scroll from the rooftop where Nina's like, whoo, swiper's going to swipe. <laughs> what, what the fuck was the setup for him to be hanging he gets like thrown to the edge and almost drops the scroll and they spend three minutes with him like touching it with his pinkies and like oh, oh yeah so the uh monk was up in the helicopter and beating up on those dudes and the pilot got injured Shot. and yeah the the helicopter pilot got injured somehow and the gun started shooting which took out a satellite a giant satellite dish and car's legs got swept up in the cave the power cable to the satellite dish that was (laughs) that was some rube gold berg gold brick goldberg and uh, so he's he's not a kung fu master but he's adept you don't think he would have heard the sound of like the cable and the feeling of the vibration on the gravel rooftop. He's stifler in this moment. He's there to get dragged across the fucking ground. Yeah. Yeah. He's simultaneously supposed to be very, uh, uh, very good at what he does and very bad at what he does. Um, so anyways, uh, Currently, he's not very good at what he does. He just has potential. That's right. Uh, so that's it's fine that Nina took the scroll because it turns out that it's a fake scroll in the tube and it's actually tattooed on his body, except for the last part, which he memorized. <laughs> this dong. <laughs> you got to flip that thing up to look at it. <laughs> but I kept waiting for. I kept waiting for to be like, well, where on your body did you tattoo the last verse? Yeah, he's like, he's like, hold on, it'll take a few minutes for me to be able to see. What no, it's I was going to take, unfurl. Take, take off your top so I can read the whole thing. <laughs> um. So yeah, then Strucker and Nina discover it's a fake. Nina 
goes and to the theater to track them down and murders the uh, the uh, Stifler's boss. Bulletproof and Stifler get home and find the note from Jade and the body of his boss. Stifler is sad. Bulletproof tells him he's going to leave him alone now and go do it on his own. But Stifler decides he's going to do the fighting. He's going to go help Bulletproof and goes and finds him at the secret monk place above where the Chinese people are making or doing anything. He runs through the rain and he stands outside with a boombox. That's playing Kung Fu fighting. (laughs) In your scroll. (laughs) And Chow Yun-Fat stands at the window. (laughs) Or would he be playing um, uh, Peter Gabriel's Shock the Monk? (laughs) See the monk get hurt. Oh, so uh, let's see. The monk who wants to be bulletproof betrays them to Nina. They have to run away. Um, but all the other monks get captured and taken to Strucker's secret underground lab where he puts them in his water-powered brain-scanning machine. What the fuck? This sewer evil base has an entrance that Stifler uses. Is that the same entrance that uh, Strucker uses in his wheelchair? Do they wheel him down that circular tube? No, no. The wheelchair is for show. He walks down and then puts the wheelchair back out. I I don't know. Everything about this underground lab with a water-powered brain-scanning machine. It looked really cool. And the water-powered brain scanner was just to set up him getting flushed down a toilet tube, basically. Yeah. Like, that was their one line that they had to say so they could have it work later on. Somebody thought about all of these pieces. The Rube Goldberg thing is real in this movie. But what, what exactly are they doing to the monks who are hooked up to all these machines? At Like, are they continuously scanning their brains? Are they sucking their monk juice out? Like, what are they doing? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that, yeah, they're scanning their brains for whatever. But they're just continuously there. It's like 12 hours. There's like, well, like he did did test it on that one guy initially. So I assume that he's just testing it on everybody else because he's a Nazi and he's sick, you know. I guess. But then then later on when they free all the monks, they're like, oh, fine. I'm fine now. I'm glad I'm not in that brain scanning machine anymore. Even though it, it only seems... takes so much a baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fantastic is a radiologist. <laughs> yeah, this is where since they were in the sewer, this is where I was expecting Funktastic and his gang to come back in. Mm-hmm. Dude, this would have been the perfect opportunity for them to be like, whoa, this is way worse than pickpocketing on our turf. Not yeah, like or a multicultural sh- gang. That's not okay in New York City. Totally. What if they showed up to save the day? That would have been rad. They're like, yo, one thing we can't take is Nazis. (laughs) And then that would have been awesome. It would have redeemed that them existing. Yes. It probably would have made this movie better, honestly. Like just them showing up and being like, hey, we might have been enemies before, but we all share one common enemy. Yeah, and they fight all the goons. They fight all the goons. Like instead they just blow up all the goons and then there are no goons. 
Yeah. So that reminds me of uh, another missed opportunity at the the beginning when uh, Strucker gets his face scratched by the monkey, and his line is, "I don't like monkeys." Yes, damn it! I I so much wanted to say monkeys. Why did it have to be monkeys? <laughs> I hate monkeys. That was part of you my tag. You dirty monkey. <laughs> uh, but all right. So yeah. Um. That's, anyways, Stifler and Bulletproof. Sneak into Jade's house with Bulletproof teaching Stifler how to do wire work. She has the world's worst guards. There's a point where they're crouched down and the guard walks slightly out of frame and they jump up like four feet behind where the guard currently is standing. Um. Anyways, yeah, Bulletproof teaches Stifler how to do wire work. Inside, Stifler finds Jade finally getting a nap because she's like, during the day, I'm rich girl. During the night, I go into the sewers with Funktastic. I don't know when I sleep. Um, so, yeah, they do some sexy fighting, and they learn she's the daughter of a Russian crime lord who's in jail. Um, <laughs> Why? I don't. Why a Russian crime so, lord? So that she can have like the van full of guns and stuff, and like that's that explains why she's so good at fighting. <laughs> like, and her name is Jade. What Russian father names their daughter Jade? Yeah, and then her she mother renames herself. Her street, her street name is Bad Girl, <laughs> and that, and her dad is a humanitarian, I guess. But yeah, I don't know, but he's in jail currently for being a Russian mob boss. Right, but she goes to the human rights organization. Yeah. This movie is ridiculous. Um, The monk realizes that their sexy fight fulfills the second prophecy. But then suddenly Nina and her men burst through the windows. (laughs) They knock the monk out with a tranquilizer dart. A sexy blonde Nazi lady shoots him with the tranquilizer dart. Yeah. She is, like, ready for action. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees that he's got the tattoos on his body and takes him alive. Jade figures out where the monk was taken because she recognized Nina. <laughs> then her and Stifler load up on guns, and they come as they are to rescue Bulletproof. It's just a coincidence that she went to the fucking museum and saw the Nazi lady and goes, oh, I know that Nazi lady. I had a conversation with her this morning. They 100% shot that scene at the end of production because they were like, oh, we need a reason for them to go there and know who she is. Yeah. This movie's so frustrating. There are so many little things, and those are the little things they chose to do. Like that's how they were fixing the movie. Yeah, like like they fixed like they they really made sure that they tied all these weird little plot points together, but in the most ridiculous ways possible. Um. So the monk awakens to Nina being bafflingly sexy at him, and undressing him to scan his tattoos. She's like, if I can't read the words, I'll fuck them off of you. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck the tattoos off you. 
<laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say no if a woman said that to me. Jesus. No. Yeah, I'd be like, let's give it a shot. Yeah, I'm game. Um, so death by snoo snoo, sign me up. Uh, so um, yeah, she scans them <laughs> into the computer. Uh, what, what, they have a custom built, like purpose built tattoo scanner. Apparently, for, like apparently, Tibetan, is it Sanskrit? I forget what they call the Tibetan lettering system. Uh, anyway. Yeah, but yeah, no. This is this this get like real early two thousands vibes where we didn't really understand technology like scanning. We're like, I'm going to scan you. You know, it's like that episode of Buffy where they accidentally scan a demon into the computer and end up becoming a robot demon. Oh yeah. Um, who then catfishes Willow? <laughs> But anyways, um, Strucker shows up. He starts reading the scanned tattoos, but he gets interrupted uh, when Jade and Stifler launch an attack on the museum. They blow up the museum, and I I guess they just kill all the guys. (laughs) All the suit guys get killed. With that one bomb? Yeah. Like... it would have made so much more sense for the gang to show up and fight them. It would have been a much better ending. She could have also been like, hey, Funktastic, I know you still want this. Uh, you got to do me one favor, though. We're fighting Nazis. And Funktastic. Like that, yeah. That's so much better than them filming a scene where she's like, oh, this is kind of evil and fashy. And the blonde lady's like, yeah, but do you want to fuck while we talk about the guy shooting the guy in this picture? Her vibe is so weird. Yeah, like this. this I'm mo- into it, but it's weird. This movie made so many weird choices. So, so many. Uh, so- See, I, I feel like Mon- uh, not Mon- uh, I feel like Funktastic is still uh, trapped on the, He's the still elevator. His elevator. She's still chained to the elevator. Because <laughs> yeah. the trapped down button is broken. Race. That's right. Uh- he keeps just asking for help with Cockney rhyme schemes. No, like I don't. <laughs> Nobody I don't know knows what you want. It's like, I right, can you wibbly my wobbly woo? Yeah. Bob is your uncle. Uh. Um. So yeah. Uh. Jade and Stifler sneak in through an underground water tube, where Stifler gets <laughs> washed away. I, I, I have so many questions about the blocking of that scene because they go in. Through a grate, and then up and around, and then it appears like they come back out the same grate. <laughs> it does. Like but, it doesn't seem like a different part of the museum where they're. But then, they didn't travel from point A to point B. They traveled point A and then came back to point A. But also, and then it gets sucked into the tube. Yeah. Like, well, what are these big water tubes even doing or for? They're they're the brain control device tubes. Throw. I mean, so they read, the read Nazis built these water tubes specifically for the brain control devices. I mean, it's obvious. Oh my! God. They have a whole God. subterranean sewer system under New York. So the Nazis have been running New York. They rats. that's one city where they do. <laughs> the, the Seattle. Uh, okay. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. They absolutely have a lot of tunnels under New York, but. Yeah, I'm in specifically Nazis having tunnels. <laughs> that, I was like, there are Nazi well, there are tunnels designated, under New York. There are designated Nazi tunnels, yeah, <laughs> in the old subway system. Uh, um, all right, so then Nina shows up to fight Jade. Nina, who took the time to change her clothes into a leather jumpsuit. 
um, shows up. Sexy kung fu cat fight. I mean, you've got to show up without it. You got to show up dressed for the sexy kung fu cat fight. I mean, I always do. Pumps, all leather, boom, ready. Um, Jade ends up killing Nina, even though Nina brought um, weapons. She punched her to death. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, she did. Like that ninety six that ninety six pound fashion model punched that like a statuesque Nazi lady to death. Oh well, the uh, the fashion model is like five ten. She's very tall. So true, true. She got she's got some reach. Uh, so uh, Strucker <laughs> regains his lost youth after reading from the scroll, but the last verse is missing. So part of it can make you young. What does the rest do? What is this power? What is what is it? What is the power other than they just call young? it ultimate power, right? But they yeah, say, like it's very very vague. Other than making you stay yeah. young, what does it do? Um. So what did uh, old monk tell him way back in the day? Um. To to do. Uh, whoever reads its words out loud in their entirety will gain the power to control the world and turn it into a paradise or a living hell. How? In what way? What does it actually do? Because, like, Chow Yun Fat, by all accounts, has that power, right? That's my question. Does he? He memorized part of it. He has a tattoo on his body. Does he not? Has he never gazed upon his own likeness in the mirror and been like, oh, shit, I read too much of that. Oh, God, I read too much of that. He's been they, alive for 60 years. You have to read it aloud. Oh, you have to read it aloud. Okay, but then how does he stay young forever, doesn't it, by reading? I think by- it's different. I think he, he, he gets the power of the bulletproof monk thing from his master. Those are... Okay. Separate but connected. So that's powers. a separate power. Then how does Strucker? So I thought Strucker State got young because he got the powers that Bulletproof Monk has by that, you know, because Bulletproof Monk stayed young. But not um, all of them. What, what's the line from D and D about Game of Thrones where they're like, "Oh, Daenerys th- forgot that she had an army." Of she Dothraki kind of forgot soldiers. about the Iron Fleet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah oh, about the Iron Fleet. That's what this felt like. Where it was like, oh, we forgot what all those powers were all about. We, that was the beginning of the movie. This is the end of the movie. It's very different. Uh, like, he not need powers. None of this scroll powers and how will they work and what they do oh. and what they even are make any sense. Okay, so they make even less sense. The moment after this man floats up into the air, Stifler gets shot out of this tube like he's poop. Um, and then this dude... Uses the force. Yes. And lifts him off the ground without touching him. Uh, does he not believe in something that we are believing in? Because that seems to be the trick. Is like, well, if you don't believe, if you believe in it, it's possible. Right. Does he believe? Like, did he see Star Wars? And he was like, I believe that I'm Darth Vader now, bitch. Right, because, yeah, because the, the, the powers of the scroll seem to have no bearing on being able to defy gravity. Yeah, because Stifler can do it. Yeah, because he believes uh, that he can do it. I don't know how this show works. Oh, this movie's dumb as fuck. Um, 
Anyways, so um, yeah. Then now, when uh, when Carr and Strucker are fighting, is this the second or the third time that someone has made Carr hit himself? Oh, I don't know. Oh, when he slaps him in his face. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, I forgot about that because Chalion Fat slaps him in his own face with his hand, right? Yeah, and at this, this like a point, times. Yeah, and at this point, Strucker like punches him with his own fist a couple of times. Um, That's and right. I'm wondering if it happened back in the fight scene in the subway. Oh, maybe. Uh, to, to do a Are you hitting yourself? Fight. Yeah, maybe. I, I didn't go back to check. Yeah. But uh, they at least did a two beat. So, all right. So then, um, yeah. So he's fighting Strucker and uh, Bulletproof breaks free. Um, Jade shows up and starts freeing the other monks. Bulletproof fights Strucker with Stifler. Um, they are up on the roof on that thing, that gimbal. I don't know. It, it was a sign for the humanitarian project. It was made of glass. It was like a game. It was like a mini game from Mario Party where you have to knock the other people off. Yeah, and the pieces underneath you were collapsing. It's like uh, Fall Guys had a game just like that. Yes. Where you had to like match the pieces. Yes. No, it's like, it was a mini game from Mario Party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they uh, eventually Strucker falls off the roof and dies. <laughs> he dies from falling off a roof. And but he doesn't. They both try to, oh, yeah. Oh, he doesn't die from falling off the roof. Yes. He falls off the roof. He falls onto some electrical lines yes that's we right think he's we think he's dead but he has he, he is not they so if if i were fighting a superpowered nazi i would <laughs> i would definitely check that he's dead yeah 100 percent because he's been alive for 60 years at this point and, and he now just, he has superpowers. He, he just got younged down and has superpowers. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be like, we're going to chop him up into little pieces and we're going to sprinkle him around the oceans of the I world. I think if, if you found Mix yourself it with in a position. Cement. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Put each yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to murder somebody, you should definitely check to see if they're dead. That's just part of your job. <laughs> yeah. Is. Even if it's an accident, you should double check. Because, I mean, Even you're going to a regular get, guy. Yeah. The charge is the same either way. You know, they're dead. If they're alive, well, yeah. you have a witness. If your intent is to murder, make sure you've done it. <laughs> follow through. That's what we don't have anymore is follow through. Um. So, uh, yeah, they, they go inside and Bulletproof uh, transfers his scroll powers to Stifler, who he says has fulfilled the third prophecy. Then Strucker shows up and he shoots Jade and um, then gets a statue falls on him. That's what kills him. This this whole sequence <laughs> That'll is, do it. I, I like the intent, but this is infuriating to me. Yeah. Because uh, obviously it's cool that they both get the powers. I'm not against there being two bulletproof monks. The whole duality, balance, whatever. Two lives, one life, whatever but she gets shot by mm. this Nazi and falls to the ground and is seemingly dead. Like, she's unresponsive when he's like, no, yeah, we were going to do more than just kiss on the mouth and fist fight. <laughs> um, and 
she sits up with a bullet in her hand. Mm. Was she fucking faking it the whole time? Was she like, <laughs> got him? Because <laughs> she didn't get shot. I, I, she caught the bullet in her hand. I, I well, but she like it was like on her chest. I got the feeling like it knocked her over. Like, like, like she was able but, to catch it and survive, but it was still rough. She's she's asleep on the job, dude. I don't know I what's guess. going on with her. She well, might have like a heroin problem. It's her first day. It's her first day as bulletproof. She's just like the uh, the first tech. <laughs> The first tactic they teach you in the rough Russian mafia is playing possum. That's it. That's, that's very that's true. true. That's that's how the Russians that's how they defeated the Bolsheviks. Won the Cold War. Yeah, they, they lost the possum. They were pretending they were dead, and then they're like, "Aha, we're back!" They got to the German front lines and then laid down. Uh, so, all right. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, they both fulfilled all three prophecies, and the scrolls' power transferred to both of them. Later on, Stifler and Jade get some cool new Matrix-style clothes, and... <laughs> okay, he's just wearing a brown jacket now, but she's dressed like it's a fucking Renaissance fair. <laughs> right? Like, I'm married to Shakespeare. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, she's got the money, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, she went to somebody who was like, okay, I want you to make me an outfit. Yeah, tailor me to look get... as stupid as possible. Where does she get these wonderful clothes? <laughs> Wait, do they have a bulletproof Hot topic. vehicle now? Saks. Yeah. Saks Fifth Avenue. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, the monk who's old now gives each tells whispers half of the final verse to each of them and tells them they're inseparable, which is going to be real awkward if these two people in their 20s break up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stifler tells Bulletproof that Wait, he... are they monks now also? Because did they take monks. a vow of celibacy? I don't think they did. I think because those two, those two young attractive people are definitely fucking. They're absolutely movie. going to continue to fuck <laughs> until <laughs> so, until Funktastic steals her away. Can you just can you get cafeteria monks? It, can you get pregnant if you're bulletproof? Well, because that's like a our like little huge, bullets. Huge <laughs> shooting into the ovaries <laughs> or into the yeah, egg. Man. Yeah, they into the fast. egg. They do, they do so. go pew. Surprisingly fast. <laughs> well, maybe I just say pew. <laughs> Sperm proof ovum. Pew, pew. Yeah. The sequel. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Stifler tells Bulletproof that now he's wise and he says the hot dog thing. And Bulletproof. And what was the hot dog thing for our listeners? Oh, why God. are there 10? Why are there 10 dogs and 8 bones? Yeah. So, um, his final answer is, life doesn't always work out according to plan, so be happy with what you've got, because you can always get a hot dog. Lame. That doesn't actually explain. No, it would have been more... My answer... Yeah. My answer is, so you have two extra hot dogs to cut up and put in beans. (laughs) My... I thought my answer was, like, to share with your brother, you know, to, to feed... 
somebody yeah. else. Yeah. I will fill your empty bun with my hot dog. <laughs> well, wait, that's As God commanded. Yeah. But I mean, that seems more Tibetan, but yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you like, run out of buns first. Yeah. Yeah, so you got two hot dogs left over. It's so you that, can, that's just a wiggle like this. It's so you can have a hot dog. You can have a hot dog fight with your friend afterwards. Slap, slap. It's so that you have to buy 40 hot dogs. You have to and buy four it, packs of hot dogs and five packs of buns right. to even out. That's There's right. nothing zen it's a conspiracy. about it. It's marketing. It, although, late, I, I have noticed that recently. Capitalism. Recently, um, uh, what is it? I think Nathan's and Hebrew both are making eight packs of hot dogs to match the buns. God damn it. Don't give less hot dogs. Give They're, more buns. That's, I know. <laughs> like, they didn't do it to be altruistic. They did it so that they can charge the same amount for two fewer hot dogs. Drink inflation, yeah, man. That's happened crazy right now. Fuck yeah. With, all, with every product. It's like, oh, three ounces less and two dollars more. How nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, or the fucking divots in the bottle bottom of like mayonnaise and peanut butter that like goes up half the fucking jar length. Yep. Fuck you guys. Oh, yeah, that's they... so you can knife out the the bottom more easily. Eh, I don't. No, I've never. I've never seen a divot in a mayonnaise jar bigger than say in a wine bottle. I have a device that I got at a dollar store in the Netherlands in 1966 or so, or 1996 or so. <laughs> the Flesso Liquor. I was like, yeah. I want to make Sorry, sure yeah. I remembered it, the Flesso yeah. Liquor. Flesso Liquor. I still have mine. And it's a little rubber half circle on a long, um, like, sort of handle. And it helps you scoop off the sides. Yep. You can scrape, scrape off every little... Nice. I was staying with a Dutch family um, overnight, and they had one. And I was like, that's amazing. And the husband was like, yeah, the Dutch are very cheap. And his wife got very upset that he said that. <laughs> that's hilarious. But I still have it. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, Bulletproof walks away into the city. And then Stifler and Jay just disappear. People are walking by, and they just disappear. <laughs> yeah. I guess they're with the monks the now. The Matrix, I yeah. guess. They're yeah, with the monks now. <laughs> they're with the monks and now. Credits roll. We brought them to a farm upstate. Yeah. And that's that's Bulletproof Monk. Um, yeah. That was a movie. It got made. Yeah. I was very entertained throughout the whole thing. I was so surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. I, mean, I could see all of what they were trying to do. Yeah, it, it, if it had been, it was bad enough that I didn't, it, it was bad enough that I didn't hate watching it. If it had been 10% better of a movie, I just would have been annoyed the entire time. Same. But it was bad enough that watching it once was fine. <laughs> As it went on, I enjoyed it more, but that first scene in the terrible CGI, Ooh. it like immediately yeah. put me off. It wasn't the right kind of camp. It was like cheap. Yeah. And so I, I at just, first that really put me off. I got more into it, I will say, but I was like, oh no. Oh no, this yeah. is a video game movie. 
what a rough yeah. way to open it. Also, the two uh, I I didn't mention this, but the the transplants needle drops. I texted yeah. you guys about those. So that's the drummer Travis Barker from Blink One Eighty Two, and then uh, right. was uh, it from Rancid? Sounded like <laughs> Ran- Rancid and yeah. Operation yeah. Ivy. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, Tim Tim it's from Op oh, Ivy and Ransom. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just the shitty punk rock rapping thing that they tried to make happen being mm-hmm. prominently displayed in this movie oh just took me back to a point in time yeah that, it uh, wasn't yeah. the right what was it diamonds uh, and guns that that was yes. a song i had to play a bit in the club it's it's crazy to me because this movie would have made perfect sense if you had used the beastie boys or something someone from new york city instead of these fucking bay area punk rock losers who i enjoy thoroughly but like, or a song that sounded like it was made for the movie that's what's lame like a, a good needle drop is, is just yeah. gets you psyched for the scene and it's like james gunn it's usually a song that's like all right that's rousing enough for 10 seconds i'm into it but i mean and there it was one of the, the needle drops was the uh tall cans in the air let me see him fuck you and they bleeped out the fuck you part of the song so it's just them yeah. talking about like put your beer in the air yeah. but it's a monk and a guy who we've not seen consume any alcohol fighting a bunch of people. It was just weird. It didn't fit. It was weird. There were two transplant songs in it. Yeah. Um, and it was, other than that, I, I, I think those were the only real needle you, drops. You know it was a studio situation, I'm oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, well, uh, we own this record label. There was a song with, was it Billy Corgan or somebody who wrote a tune for this? I don't think they sang anything on it, but there was a famous name in the song credits that I saw. Huh. That I, that I immediately huh. forgot. I mean, I think they used a few other songs, but there weren't any that were like like needle drop moments. Yeah, the um, slow-mo. Yeah. Bumps. So um, we haven't had to do this in a while. We have to rank it, right? No, no, no. We're not ranking these ones we've been gone back through. We didn't rank like uh, the... Uh, yeah. We, oh. we didn't rank the specials, yeah. Um, so next week, though, like the ones we missed, we're not ranking because they're kind of like that makes sense. But yeah. we're going to be ranking the upcoming Marvel. We movies. will be because okay. next week on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Mm. Yeah, a lot of comments. Um, that is next week. We're back. We're going to catch up on the uh, ones that have been released since our last movie, which was uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, but uh, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. That is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Um, until then, you know, thanks for hanging out with us. This has been your host, the bomb diggity, Thoreau Smiley. I'm Josh Cece, and I don't like monkeys. I just train them. I'm Brian Lesh, and I'm going to go join Mr. Funktastic's anti-fascist multicultural gang. I'm Alaric Weber, and I'm going to fly like a phoenix from the ashes of my pathetic life. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fingers crossed for you, Al. (laughs) We'll see you next time, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye.